Okay, in this session, part four, we're going to be surprised and discover the God who shows up and is always present in power, okay? Now, I'm not sure what you were doing. Let me tell you a little story first. July 27th, 1981. I have no idea where you were at in life. Think back then. July 27th, 1981. Where were you? For me, I was alone upstairs in my bedroom. My whole world had caved in. God had humbled me. I've gotten a water ski accident. I almost lost my eye. I was bandaged up. I had a girlfriend that I was planning on marrying break up with me. God had to crush me. Crush me. I was at the lowest point in my life alone in my bedroom. And that is when God showed up in that room in so much power. It blew me away. I did not know Jesus then. And because of the revelation of his power, I knew he was real. And I said, if you are real and you will forgive me of my sins, and I sense that you are real, that you've orchestrated all of these circumstances to show me you are real, I said, if by your grace you will save me, I will tell the world about you. And I was saved that very day. Honestly, since then, I've never experienced God's power like I did alone in my bedroom that one moment. I have experienced many other times his power has shown up but never as profound. Where literally I was shaking, I was crying, it was unbelievable. The power of God, always present. Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to see just one of my favorite stories. And when we use the term story, it's a narrative, it's true. This was an encounter that Elisha, a prophet, and his servant had with God. And God opens the eyes of his servant to see the power of his presence. Second Kings, it's the 12th book in the Old Testament. And this goes way back in history. Second Kings was written 850 years before Jesus walked uh, earth in the flesh. 850 B.C. And we're going to see something profound here. So let's look, 2 Kings 6, verse 8. Let's start there. you got to picture this scene. I'm going to paint it for you. Now, the king of Aram, the king of Aram, he's not mentioned here, but his name is Ben-Hadad II. And I think I have a map here of Israel. Okay, good. This is Aram. It's in the north area. And here's Israel. The kingdom is divided at this point. And the kingdom up here was always warring with Israel, always attacking Israel. Actually, the Philistines did the same all around. Even today, we have still the Arab world attacking Israel. It was the same back then. The king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. So they would come from Aram, set up, you know, different stations to attack the Israelites, unaware. Verse 9. The man of God, who is Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, who is Jehoram. His name isn't mentioned here, but we know it's Jehoram. So Elisha would send 
word, he'd send an email, okay, to Jehoram. And he'd say, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place, indicated by the man of God. And time and time again, Elisha warned the king of Israel so that he was on his guard in such places. Now, the king of Israel is in Samaria, the capital. And so, you know, the Arameans would come and come all over the place. And, you know, they would dig in and, and they would try to surprise the Israelites and attack them. And, and Elisha kept telling the king where they were at. And uh, because he's God's prophet and God would tell Elisha and then Elisha would tell the king of Israel. Look at verse 11. This enraged the king of Aram. So he summoned his officers and demanded of them, Will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? In other words, who is telling our battle strategies to the king of Israel? And uh, they answer, None of us, my lord, the king. None of us is a traitor. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. <laughs> He's God's man, and he's telling the Israelites everything that you think and plan in terms of your battle strategies. And then, so the king goes, well, go find out where he is, this Elisha, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him and kill him. So the report came back, well, he is in Dothan. So they send scouts out to find out where Elisha is, and Elisha is in Dothan, which is just north of Samaria. And so they're like, okay, now we know where Elisha is. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and they surrounded the city. So you got the king of Aram, he sends all his troops in to Dothan, surrounds Dothan, which is not a big city, where Elisha's at to capture Elisha, to bring him uh, back and face court there in Aram. Guess what? There's times you feel surrounded by an enemy so large, outnumbered totally, and even right now, this morning, this may be you. In your life, there is an enemy that you're facing. This enemy has surrounded you. You are so outnumbered, you don't know what to do. This happens to us. Notice what happens. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning... So they're surrounded by these enemies. Then the servant of Elisha gets up early. Maybe Elisha's like, hey, dude, can you go to Starbucks and get me a latte? And uh, he gets up early, Elisha's servant, a young man, and he sees an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city of Dothan. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. We are surrounded by an enemy. Look out there. And then look what Elisha says. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, I'm sure the servant right then is going, Elisha, you've maybe had a little too much to drink. As far as I can tell, Elisha, it's you and me here. There's an army there. What do you mean? Those with us are more than... There's thousands of men surrounding us. Why should I not be afraid? Verse 17, and then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. You see, we, we can see physically and not see spiritually. And this, this young servant was not able to see spiritually. 
what's going on. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is God's angelic army who is present. Here's a picture of an artist rendering. you got the, the troops around, and then here is the army of the Lord that is present. More are with us than with them, my servant. Can you imagine this becoming visible, the spiritual realm of God, which, by the way, is present right now? If our eyes could be opened and we could literally see the angels that are in this room, there are angels in this room without question right now. God's heavenly host is here. Are you aware that the Bible teaches each person has a guardian angel? Some of us go through life, I'm starting to preach, I shouldn't do that, without realizing this real reality that's around us. And Elijah had to pray, God, open this young man's eyes so we can see. There's no reason to fear. Wow. What a moment this must have been for this young guy to see the armies of God protecting them, sent by God. There's more with us than with them. Look what happens. This is awesome. As the enemy came toward him, I mean, they're coming toward Elisha to attack Elisha and, you know, take him captive. Elisha prayed to the Lord. This is great. And he said, uh, Lord, would you just strike these people with blindness? So he struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. I mean, all these armies, the Arameans, are blind now. And Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. This reminds me of Star Wars. These are not the droids. This is like the Jedi thing. You know, you remember that scene? You know, some of you don't remember that? Okay, never mind. This is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me, Elijah says, and I'll lead you to the man you're looking for. And yet, he's the man they're looking for. And he led them literally right into Samaria. Go back to the map. Go back to the map. He brings them right into Samaria, the capital of their enemy. This is amazing. And from Dothan to Samaria, not very far. After they had entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, now open their eyes. <laughs> so that they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes, all of these soldiers, and they looked, and behold, there they are inside Samaria, a walled city. Many of you have been with me to Samaria. Jacob's well is there. Remember when we visited there? Huge. It was the capital back then. A huge wall. Samaria was a very significant city. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Here's Jehoram. What should we do with them? This is our enemy. They, what a great deliverance. Should we kill them? Do not kill them. Elisha answered, Would you kill men you have captured with your own sword and bow? Set food and water before them so they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. I mean, they have a barbecue. And if they had finished eating and drinking and partying, he, he sent them on their way. They returned to their master. So the bands of Aram stopped raiding the Israel's territory. They make peace. It's like, these people are great. They're party animals. They're like us. Wow. What an amazing moment for this servant, this young man, to, for God to have revealed to him, surprised him, that more are with us right now than even with that enemy that surrounds us, that we see physically. Hmm. 
Okay, let's, let's begin by seeing if someone is able to summarize this passage in a few words. Now, this is the thing I've noticed. You have most struggled with this part of all my questions. So let me again tell you what a summary is, okay? A summary is you telling this story, retelling it to a child. I'm not looking for you to give me the theological truth here. I'm looking for you to just get up, stand up, and retell the story using the words in this story. Just tell, what would you say? Using the same words that are in this passage, how would you retell it in your own words to your grandchild? I would say something like this. Wow, there was like this amazing prophet named Elisha, and he had a servant. They were surrounded by these armies, wanted to attack them. And then Elisha said, prayed, and the servant's eyes were open. He saw this huge army of God, which were more than them. And then, guess what? Amazing peace happened. No one died in the battle, and they became best friends, and they had a big barbecue. That's a summary. It's just your own kind of wording on it. Now, I realize you don't have to do it like that. Sometimes summarizing is the most difficult thing to do. Is there someone who would like to give a summary, a restatement of this drama, of this passage in your own words? You'd just be willing to give it a shot. Do the best you can. Start by saying this. This passage is about a prophet and his servant and a bad army and God's army and deliverance. Some of you are going, Mark, you're just saying it all right now. And I know I am, but I'm trying to just teach us what a summary is. Is there someone who would just be willing to just, in your own words, the best you can, go for it? I know I'm asking a lot. You're going to go for it. Okay, bring a mic over here. I'll bring my mic right over to you, girl. Give us a summary. I, wor I work with preschool kids, so I'm thinking oh, good. This, is, uh, this is a story about a young prophet, Elijah, that helps the king of Israel. I love it. Okay, this is a story about a prophet who helps the king of Israel. That's a great summary. I love it. Good. Who else would like to give one more shot at a summary? Right here. Get that mic over to that young man. This is a story about... This is a story about faith and no faith. Okay. And the man of faith is showing his servant who has no faith. He opens his eyes to show him how great God is and how, how much he, God can move uh, mountains if he wants, uh, more than human uh, can do. And, um, and he shows them. Right on. That's okay. It. Love it. Great summary. Okay. Now, log that into your mind so next Sunday and the next Sunday, you're going to tell me a story of what you just saw there like you'd say to your grandkids. Okay. Now, I'm going to go to the part that you guys are great at. What jumps off the page here? What hits you between the eyes? This is the next question. I mean, really, what is the aha moment? What in this scriptures? Please stand. I need you guys to stand. There should be five of you at least standing right now. Now, and, and let me say this. I'd like different ones of you to be standing too. Sometimes the same ones are like, okay, we don't want the repeat dating here, okay? Let's, uh, let's get some new blood up there. So what most impacts you of everything you read here? Like, what is the part you're going, dude, that was crazy? Yeah. The fact that there's no violence, that there's peace and love and restoration and healing and no violence. You got trained soldiers coming in, ready for battle, and the whole thing is resolved without any violence. Powerful. 
Actually, this is one of my favorite stories of the Bible. Uh, when God opens your eyes, he's going to open your eyes. All right. When God opens your eyes, does he ever open your eyes? And you're just like, whoa. It's mind-boggling. It is redirecting powerful. That's awesome. Yep. I think she kind of stole my thunder there, but it's the fact that you, 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 you they got you dead to rights. You, you deserve death. But God says, in my mercy, go back wow. and tell them about me. Wow. Okay. Here, the enemy and the mercy that's shown to them in that moment, and even that freedom granted to go back, pretty pow very powerful. Let's go over here, and we'll come back to you. We don't always see the power that's available to us. Wow. We don't always see the power that's available to us. Sometimes, even as Christians, we can be blind. Whoa, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, kind of going off of that, sometimes we feel all alone, like God is not with us in our darkest moments, but sometimes we just have to pray that he will open our eyes so we can see that we're surrounded by his presence and by the angels. What up, girl? That was awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, the miracle that occurred uh, and the way in which God proved that he is real by showing Elijah where all the bad guys were. Yeah. Man, God knows all. And God can communicate with us regarding all those details that we just feel like, there's no way I could figure this out. God is all powerful. He's able to reveal. Okay, one more. God, God can't accomplish his purposes through peace not violence. God can accomplish his purposes through peace and not violence. Powerful. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, now let's go to this next question. You, you've struggled a little bit on this one, but you're, you're growing every week. What does this passage teach us about God? See, what we're trying to do is to cause you and, and train you to teach, think theologically when it comes to the Bible. What we mean by that is this. What does this tell us about the character of God? What does this passage, when we look at it, reveal about God and God only? Not me and God. What does this say about God when you look at this scripture? So this says God is, and then you fill in the blank. Who would like to go, go for it? We'll get mics. Please stand as soon as you can if you got something. We'll get a mic to you. Get our runners there. Let's go. Start over here in the back, and then we'll get another mic to you. Go for it. What does this say about God? God answers prayers. God answers prayers. Love it. Okay, what else? That's what I was going to say. You were going <laughs> to say the same. Yeah. God answers prayers. Love it. God's in control. God is in control. Love it. When God calls your name, there's no avoiding it. You're, oh. you're here for a reason. So God knows your name. I love it. Okay? God's ways are higher than our ways. He can see so much more than we can see in situations. Wow. God sees the big picture of what I'm going through. Love it. That's great. Yes. Good. God is a God of love and mercy. God is a God of love and, and mercy. mercy. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Right here. God is in control of all things, even those who don't believe in him. He mm. has power over them and control the situation. Wow. 
powerful. Some of us are in situations right now, we just think, that person is beyond, but God is even in control of that. That's who God is. Powerful truth about God that we see from this scripture. Anyone else? One more about God? Anyone else? Okay, right here. We get a mic over here. I got it. I got the mic. Here you go. God works all things to his glory. Ooh, God is glorified all the time. And even in your situation and in this situation, wow, powerful. Okay, what do we learn about man in this situation? Now, you, you just gave me tremendous insight theologically into that scripture. Now, what about anthropomorphically? Which means, what does this say? I know big terms, but what does this say about the nature of man? What does this say only about people here? And maybe about us and our characteristics and our traits. And what, what do you learn about man or woman in this scripture? Go ahead and stand up. Give me a thought. Give me what is revealed to us here in the scripture about people. What do we learn? Go for it. We have a lot of doubts. We, we can struggle with doubts. Okay? What else? Please stand. Let's get a bunch of people to stand. You should have five, there's ten observations here from the scripture that the passage alone reveals about people. Go for it. We can often be blind to what God is doing on a big scale. We can be blind. Yeah. Followers of God can even be blind. Yes. We as humans expect God to destroy our enemies, but God's got a God of grace, and this is really appropriate, I think, for our culture wow. today. we got plenty wow. of cultural adversaries. Wow. We want God to destroy them, but we're supposed to love them. Wow. Very deep insight. The natural response is, crush my enemy, God, and God has mercy there. What else about with Man. men, uh, our responses are limited. With God, there, there's no limits to God's power. Okay. We have limited responses, sometimes responses that lack faith. You bet. Right back there? Oh, well, someone got my answer, but uh, when the king suggested, can I kill him uh, to Elijah? Uh, yeah. Well, um, obviously, he, his mind was, uh, he wanted to kill his enemy. Yeah. yeah so it's human nature that when someone hurts you, you want to hurt him back. And uh, we see that in this passage, don't we? For sure. Yep. We tend to focus on the material and the temporal when God wants us to focus on the spiritual and the eternal. Okay. Very easy to focus on the temporal and the, uh, for us as humans. Okay. Very good. What else about man here? The servant shows us that our first reaction is fear and doubt. Yes. We can become so afraid. We are so prone to fear. Wow. What else about uh, man? Uh, we are able to change. We are able to change. Love it. Fantastic. Yes. I guess for me, it's um, even though we feel so fearful, that sometimes God wants us to feel, feel that because he wants us to realize how strong he is. Wow. And he wants to build on that instead of... Fantastic. Yeah. Now, that's part theological, part man. But there's times that God will design situations that will cause us to fear. Because he wants us to understand that we can grow and learn to trust him. Wow, what else about man? Um, the more we get closer to God, the better we are at praying according to his plan. Oh, yes. We can pray. Man can pray. And, and the closer we get to God, the more 
we will pray. I love it. What else about man do you see here in this? Who prayed for who in this passage? Elisha prayed for who? His servants, so that what? His servant could what? So we can pray for our kids, that God will open their eyes, that they can see that the Lord with them is greater than what they are facing. We can do this. What other observations do you make in the scripture about man here? What else do you see? Anything else? Okay. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one then. How do you obey this? I mean, what is it here that you feel as a table is the most important thing for this week for you to obey? How is it that you need to live out this scripture in your own life and that you can discuss this at your table, come up with a table obedience statement, and then we're going to read those out loud, a whole bunch of them here in a couple minutes. Come up with a statement, a very short statement about how you want to live this out, what God has taught you. Okay? Go for it. Okay. Let's uh, get some of you to stand. You would like to summarize what your statement is? Go ahead and please stand. We'll get a mic to you. Give us the way that uh, you're going to encourage us to live this out. Okay, let's start over here. What do you got here? Spend more time in prayer for God to open our eyes to his will for our lives and pray that God will find favor in us when we pray to him. Okay, we're going to spend more time asking God you to open our eyes. Beautiful. Love it. Okay? Uh, we came up with uh, when someone is in need or panicked, we sometimes take it upon ourselves to help that person when in reality, we only need to pray for them or trust in the Lord and let him take control. Wow, what a great statement. I love that. You know, it's not always about ourselves, but how we can minister to others. Because I don't think there's anyone that probably will not face this week someone who's going through something that's huge, insurmountable, numbering, they can't even stand up against it, they feel. What a powerful thing to pray for them. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Pray for others, not focusing on yourself. There you go. Pray for others who are going through just moments when they're crushed. God, open their eyes. Powerful. Yes. Uh, we came up with by walking with God like Elijah did, reading scripture and obeying God. He too will show us greater things. And it, we also decided that it went well with Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Love it. Lord, let me be like Elisha, who really walked with you and was able to see this dimension that so often we don't see when we're not walking with God. Yeah. We're going to trust the Lord and not the world or our own feelings of fear. Lord, help me not to fall into my feelings of fear, but to trust you in this situation this week as I walk in it. When tempted to fear, when confronted with an intimidating situation, ask God to open our eyes and to see wow. God's presence and for wisdom of what to do. Wow. When tempted to fear, every week we are tempted to fear. 
And if when you right now, I think there's many of us here this morning, you're facing something that is bringing you fear. That's temptation, isn't it? You kind of get the sense when you look at Elisha, he literally wasn't afraid because he saw. And, and if we can just in those moments say, Lord, open my eyes, pray, open my eyes so I can see those with me are greater than what I'm facing right here. Awesome. I love that. Over here. Um, our group decided that um, if you are in a difficult situation and you are fearful, then don't, do not be dismayed. And uh, as the passage says in Philippians 4, 6, 7, have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ. God. Yeah. When I'm anxious, Lord, help me pray. Give me your peace. Love it. Right over here. God wants us to love our enemies and not be afraid. So in doing so, we plan to pray our way through it in every circumstance. It goes along with Second Timothy that says, For God gave us not a spirit of fearfulness, but of power and love and discipline. Fantastic. We'll take one or two more. Yep. Pray that God would open my eyes and the eyes of my friends and family so that we may see his will. Amen. And his way. Fantastic. One more over here. Uh, God is always present and merciful and brings love for our enemies. In prayers, we find peace. In prayer, we find peace. Great statements, you guys. Great statements. Okay, let's go to this. Um, who is one person that you could take this to and share with this week? Is there someone in your family, someone that needs this, someone that really needs this word, this word of God? that you could pass along a part of this too. Who would that be? And I'd like you to take a moment and talk about this at your tables. Just who could that be? Go for it. All right. That reminds me that moment there when the mic blew like that of a story I had uh, with my brother, Todd. Years ago, I was golfing with Todd, and we were on this hole near the green, and the guys behind us, you know, you're supposed to wait before you hit up, you know, for the guys to get off the green. And the guys were just antsy behind us. And the dude hit, and I mean, and he yelled four. When you yell four, you know a ball's coming at you. And this ball just missed Todd's head and landed in the sand. But when you're back 200 yards, you can't tell. And I mean, it was with perfect timing that Todd literally fell over dead. And the guys, of course, thought they killed Todd. It was just this priceless moment. And I'm, of course, cracking up. I know what's going on. I'm like, kid, you did it again. It was awesome. So anyway, uh, if you need someone to play dead, just talk to my brother, and he'll be there for you. Okay, so you had an opportunity to kind of identify someone that you could share this word with. You see, this is the thing. It's so easy to come to church, to hear a great sermon, and to walk out and not live it. And to not share it. That is a waste. It's a waste. And what we're trying to do in this series is just slow us down. And, and, and say the word of God is meant to watch this transform your life. And it transforms our lives when, watch this, 
we live it out. We're doers of the Word, not just hearers who deceive ourselves. And then when there's someone we can share it with. And if every week you come to church and you hear God's Word, and then you actually go, what is this saying about God? What is this saying about me? And I can live this out. Your life is going to change. And Christianity gets exciting. Watch this. Christianity is the biggest bore when you're not living out God's Word. It is a total bore. And actually, you deceive yourselves, and your heart becomes hard. And it becomes all the more difficult next week to hear God's Word because we're not living it out. That's what the Bible teaches. That's not what I'm teaching. That's what the book of James teaches, chapter 1. So part of this is really teaching us. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I'm going to do a part 9 in this series where I'm going to give the theory behind why we're doing what we're doing right now. And, uh, but you guys are doing great. I'm amazed. In four weeks, I just want to encourage you. You have really taken in. This Sunday, you're getting the nuances of what each of these words mean. It's not easy to do what we're doing, to begin thinking of the Bible in this way. I'm proud of you guys. I really am. I thank the Lord for you. It's awesome. You're an encouragement to those that are here listening to people talk about the Bible. And for some people, this is really, really amazing. See, they're used to and expecting this guy with all of his degrees to be able to talk about the Bible. And yeah, I'm trained for that. My whole life is that. But when you start talking about the Bible and your insight, you have to know, I love this way more than me talking 50 minutes because I'm learning. I, I learn from you guys. I really do. Your insight is really great, and it's cool, and it builds everyone up. So thank you. Thank you. And I hope by the time the series is done, every one of you, it takes a lot of guts, but you will sit up and you will participate in this series. Okay? All right. I wonder if a few of you would mind standing, and would you give us an encouragement of how we can pray about what we've heard about today, either as a group, your family, how you believe you should be praying about this scripture? I mean, what is it that we should be praying for? How can we pray God's will to be done in our lives as a result of what we've heard this morning? What should that prayer be like? So who would be willing to just kind of give us, you know, this is what I think we should be praying. How, what are some of those prayers? Who would like to stand? Give us a few. Go for it. Please stand, some of you. Let's go for it. Yep. That God's power will be present and that the men in power in our world, would their hearts would be changed. Yeah, that God's power would be present. Is God's power present? All the time, right? So we don't really have to pray that his power be present. We might need to pray that we see his power. God is all-powerful, but I get what you're saying. There's times we don't sense the presence of God's power, but we need to pray for that. Yep, right here. I think um, through the good and the bad, knowing that God is in control of all of it. That, you know what I mean? We need no to pray that in the good and the bad, God, God is in control. control. And we wow. That's a powerful prayer. That um, God would give us the opportunities this week to be able to share what we've learned today. Wow. So he'd put it in front of Let's us. Let's pray that God will give us the opportunities. You know what I'm noticing right now? We've had five ladies stand and only one man. Where are the men? Look at Ron standing. Yeah. I'm liking this. It's like, come on, men. 
Yes, give us. Well, before we pray, I think it's really important that we seek our hearts and search our hearts to ask for forgiveness and repent of our sins mm -hmm. to be that clear channel to the Lord. Yeah. And then to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with his Amen. Holy Spirit to direct Amen. us and Amen. to show us what to Amen. pray. Lord, cleanse me. Because part of the reason why we may not see that those with us, God and his angels, are more powerful than with them is because we've got sin in our lives. And we need to confess that. Love it. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, for most of us, we believe that, you know, well, this is Elijah. He brought down fire on, on water, and that's, he was a prophet. But James tells us that Elijah was just a regular Joe, like Ooh. all of us. And he was a praying man. So any yeah. of you guys love to pray or don't know how to pray, we can do this. God has told us so. And it's right on. Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed, and God poured down rain, and uh, we can do the same. We can pray, and God can open eyes to see his power. Love it. Yeah. I think as adults, we have a hard time finding our God, and um, I think we should pray for our youth. We should pray for our youth. as adults, we, we know who he is, but our youth is... Wow having a difficult time finding him or seeing him. So I think we need to pray for our youth. Thank you for that insight. Here's Elisha. He's a mature prophet. He's got his young, you know, servant learning the ministry from him. And exactly, he prayed for this young man. We need to be praying for those who are not as spiritually mature as we are, that God would open their eyes. Because that, that's a prayer that we know God answers because he answered it right here. So let's pray it again in our kids' lives, in our grandkids' lives. Open their eyes that they can see the God who is in all power. Okay? Go for it. I would just pray for myself that I can stop relying on my own very limited power and abilities and, and just open my eyes that I can seek God. That, that, that he has the power to, to solve all my problems and to uh, guide me and, and carry me through. Amen. You can grab a seat, guys. We're out of time here. But I want us to think, just as we wrap up, that there's going to be times you're going to go through life, and God has allowed kind of an enemy to come in. See, the Lord allowed, if you look at the, the map... Aram to enter in to Dothan. There's times God allows some things to come into and we feel surrounded and outnumbered. And the Lord is wanting us to pray. He's wanting us to turn to Him, not to our psychologist or to money or to the solutions down here that somehow, or hire an attorney or hire a hitman or whatever. He wants us to pray. And then he wants us to pray that our eyes would be open, but also that others involved in the situation, our family, our wife, our husband, their eyes could be open so that we could see the power of God there to deliver, to deliver, to do a miracle, to bring about peace without war. Some of us are in marriages. We just think it's, it's gone. And God says, are you going to pray that your eyes can be open to see that greater is he who is in you, than he who is in the world? Are you going to pray that your kids will see there's hope 
that I can put this back together. I'm the God who's all-powerful. Even my angels are present with you. You know, one angel in the Old Testament slew 187,000 Assyrians. One angel. You have an angel. Guardian angel. Matthew 18 teaches that. One angel under God's authority. Hebrews 1.14 says is commissioned to serve you, to protect you under God's direction. That is a reality. One day I need to do a series on angels. I've been wanting to do that. That's one of like the 20 I want to teach on. You know, but uh, I pray this morning. The Lord has just revealed himself to you to redirect your life so that as you go out this week, whatever it is that's outnumbering you, you'll go, there's more with me than with them. Help me not to fear. Bring about a deliverance, God, for your glory. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for these beautiful moments in Scripture where you reveal for us snapshots where we find ourselves really encountering the living God and you revealing yourself to us as the God who's ever-present in power around our lives. Help us, Lord. Yes, we see physically, but Lord, sometimes we don't see spiritually. So open our eyes, I pray, this morning into this day, into this week, whatever it is we're facing, Lord, and then help us to pray for others, Lord, that their eyes too would be opened. We want to live with our eyes open spiritually to the almighty, powerful God that you are. And we'll thank you. And all God's people said,